Before he made it big with music, before he met Dr. Dre, before the Grammys and the Academy Awards, Eminem cooked and washed dishes at a family restaurant in Michigan. He was paid $5.50 an hour and worked 60 hours a week to save up enough money to support his daughter. By the time he was laid off, five days before Christmas, he had saved $40 for her, all the money he had in the world. It was this work ethic that he took into his third studio album in early 2000, but by this time, Marshall Mathers III wasn't making $5.50 an hour. As a matter of fact, Eminem was one of the hottest rappers in the music industry. He had bounced back from a flop of a debut which sold barely a thousand copies, bounced back from personal problems and substance abuse which culminated in a suicide attempt, and gone on to release the wildly successful Slim Shady LP. But despite this success, Eminem wasn't satisfied. He threw himself into 20-hour recording sessions, isolating himself not only from new hanger-ons enamoured by his celebrity, but also the press outside. He was labelled as misogynist, a nihilist, an advocate of domestic violence, and in an editorial, Billboard editor-in-chief Timothy White accused Eminem of making money by exploiting the world's misery. But what politicians, talking heads, protest groups, the mainstream press and media didn't realise was that all the world wanted was to have its misery wrapped back to it over a beat. His record label speculated that Eminem would be the first artist to sell one million copies in an album's first week of release. His third studio album, The Marshall Mathers LP, sold 1.78 million in its first week. It's been included in several lists of the greatest albums of all time and is widely regarded as Eminem's best album. It sold 25 million copies worldwide total and Eminem claimed yet another Grammy despite protests outside the awards ceremony that year. Which is why it's easy to see why Dilated People's debut album The Platform released the very same day, May 23rd 2000, is completely forgotten to time. Why is their album so forgotten? What's the beef between Dilated People's and Eminem? And how does an album that has lyrics about giving an abortion to a pitbull after drug-induced bestiality win a Grammy Award? Let's find out. Welcome to When Albums Collide. When albums collide, Judd Boaz with you and my co-host, Mr. Pedro Duran, who is very excited today because this, we are covering one of his favorite albums of all time. Yeah, I mean, what can I say? I've been thinking about this um, comparison for a long time um, because I am a massive Eminem fan. I love the Marshall Mathers LP. It's definitely one of the album's... It's very um, formative for me, and during my adolescence, I I'm, I listen to it um, a lot. Maybe no lie, maybe once a month, basically, and definitely songs all the time. It's the whole album's on my personal playlist. Um, Did you say like you still listen to it once a month? It's crazy. Yes, I do. To- <laughs> twenty years, twenty no, bro, bro, years. But on. you know, it's funny because yes, that is true. But I was I've been talking to um, you know other people. Uh, during the week and you know they do they know uh we do the podcast and i'm just like yeah this week we're doing marshall mathers and it's funny because everyone's like man i haven't listened to that in like 20 years and i was like really i listen to this shit every month bro and it was like i haven't I- listened to this since like last thursday yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and i was like really like i i listened to it a lot and um and if people were telling me oh i remember that song when it came out it was almost like i was shocked that it's not something that they take in daily, that which is weird, <laughs> obviously. But um, yeah, people were saying I haven't listened to that album in a long time, and this, and I was like, wow, that's crazy because I listen, I really listen to this maybe once a month, um, and songs all the time. Yeah, some people, you know, take fish oil every morning yeah. or something for supplements. You take M M&M. and M. You take a little bit of Marshall Mathers every month. Exactly, and it explains a lot about my personality and possibly my anger issues. No, yeah, I mean, I just remember this album coming out as very formative during my adolescence year, adolescent years and I remember that this album was even at the time when it came out I was like this is something huge. It was a classic album. You know, it was like I wasn't I wasn't alive when Back in Black came out. I wasn't alive when Thriller came out or Cognitive at least. So, 
when the Marshall Mathers LP was released and I saw the feedback and um, the reaction to it, I knew even at at a, you know in my teenage years, I was like, wow, this is this is big. This is one of those albums that are going to last forever and stand the test of time. It's going to be talked about for for a long time. And then we have dilated peoples who for the record I have never heard of yeah. before you suggested. And I mean this is it's it's brutal because this is one of those cases where your album which is the same genre comes out the same day as one of the biggest albums of all time. And if people don't remember or maybe they're a bit younger, the Marshall Mathers LP was absolutely huge yeah. in terms of impact, not only commercially, but culturally, like sold over 25 million copies, yeah. swept the Grammys that year. But in terms of impact, I remember being at school and Eminem was the king. Yeah. He was the biggest musician, which is, it seems crazy to say, but he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about 1.7 million records in the first week um that just doesn't happen you know um i think i saw something like he broke the record set by like tupac and biggie for the most records by a solo artist in the first week right exactly yeah i mean it's and even he was um very conscious of it he was like there's an interview out there and he goes you know this doesn't happen he was like he was like he he was like am i fucking elvis am i a a trend is this just a, a fad um, cause this is not how you're meant to sell records. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a lot that goes into it. And, um, in comparison with dilated, uh, peoples, like I've, I've heard about them and they're underground, um, California hip hop group. Um, uh, I think evidence, evidence is a part of it. He's a rapper. He's an MC. He's probably, probably the more famous one. Cause I think he's pursued a solo career since, but I, even then I knew it was always a thing of like, man, that, that, um, uh, dilated people's album was just buried. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> honestly it was, it was, and it was just buried under the, the hoopla and the controversy, of the Marshall Mathers LP. Later on, uh, Evidence would go on to release a diss song toward Eminem. Um, and then, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get oh, to so the you got this in a little oh, bit. Oh, you yeah, did I got it, man. Perfect. Yeah, I did, man. Yeah, yeah. But um, I want to say before we kick things off and do our track by track like we always do, these albums are both by relative outsiders. I would say Eminem is obviously commercially accepted, but culturally, as even at this point, he was still seen as like a wigger like wannabe, tryhard, in the same vein as Vanilla Ice. So he's, even though he's very popular at this point, releasing this album, he still has a little bit to prove as the outsider, which is crazy to say. And with Dilated Peoples, you have the same thing, because they are a West Coast underground hip-hop, aka you've never heard of them because mm. they're underground. You've got DJ Babu, who's a Filipino-American producer. You've got Evidence, who is a white rapper, and then Raka Taylor or Iris Science, I think is what his MC name is on this, yeah, Iris on this Science, album. Yeah. Uh, and his gimmick is that he's really into cannabis. How much into cannabis is he? Well, this uh, press release from Globe Newswire, October 1st, 2019, reads, OG DNA Genetics, a globally recognized leading cannabis brand, announced today that Raka Taylor, Ira Science of Dilated Peoples, will be joining the executive team as director of marketing. So that's what he's up to these days. He's the director of marketing for a weed company. Oh, fantastic. Where did they go wrong? Where did Dilated Peoples go wrong? And why weren't they more like Eminem selling millions of records? I guess uh, let's find out now, Pedro. Let's do it track by track. Let's do it. If we're going to open things up on the Marshall Mathers LP with a bunch of skits, and the very first skit, 20 seconds in, Marshall Mathers, Slim Shady, Eminem, tells you to kiss his ass. Little did you know, upon purchasing this album, you have just kissed his ass. Slim Shady is fed up with your shit, and he's going to kill you. That's the mood for this album right now. Basically, it's a giant fuck you to anyone who bought this album. And it shows you exactly where he stands in terms of everything. It's it's straight out the gate. I mean, this is obviously a callback to the previous album, the Slim Shady LP, where it does a similar thing. It has a PSA and it's a lot softer. It's it's a lot more tongue in cheek where, I mean, he ends it with Eminem ends it, don't do drugs. So it's very tongue in cheek because the character of Slim Shady is supposed to be cartoony and tongue in cheek and things like that. And because of that, the, because of the criticism 
that he received on that first album um, um, that people say he was too violent or he's misogynistic or homophobic on the Marshall Mathers LP, he just ramps it to 11. Basically it's just right in your face right there for people. That's where you have, and we're going to get into the, the controversy about Eminem. That's where this whole collision of these two albums comes because they're released the same day and dilated peoples, they have an old school sort of style and their commitment to like the basics of hip hop, right. which are like battle raps and DJing and, and, you know, just being real clean and, and technical um, and they were hailed before this album came out as the saviors of the hip hop scene. They're like, yeah. oh, hip hop in the late 90s. These guys are going to save it. Yeah. They're going to take us back to what it was like in the 80s and stuff. And all this shit on the radio, like Eminem's going to be blasted out. Um, they were going to save the world basically from Eminem. Yeah. And as it turned out, the world didn't want them. The world wanted Eminem uh, because he's a better rapper and a better musician. Yeah, I mean, th- there's enough. always this um, um, argument amongst uh, hip hop fans uh, particularly hip-hop purists that you know there's what's the real hip-hop you know oh, well uh, i like real hip-hop yeah uh. exactly what's i'm real so like so nowadays you know someone like uh drake gets a lot of flack about that like oh he's not real hip-hop because he makes pop music that i mean it's popular music i remember that argument uh, particularly with uh dilated pe- uh, peoples that you know because they have this style this boom bap type of style and rapping and they're talking about their skills and you know a couple of songs they're dropping quote-unquote knowledge i fucking hate that by the way dropping some yeah. knowledge on oh i hate that it's so pretentious yeah man. yeah so yeah it, it, so you know they were expected to um you know bring the game back especially coming from los angeles where los angeles is famous for gangster rap they were very much different from that gangster rap scene see here's the thing so we're going to go to the actual first song on eminem's album which is kill you now i personally think eminem is a very smart guy like Mm -hmm. i think he is extremely extraordinarily intelligent because he wouldn't get this far if he just wrapped all this nonsense without a meaning to it or right. without some sort of actual message he's trying to communicate. There are rappers who do that. You might remember our Insane Clown Posse Bro, episode. I was, yes, I was just going to ask you that. They do everything Eminem does lyrically and thematically, but because they can't deliver it in an intelligent way and they're not actually making a, a broader message about things, they're way less popular and they suck and it's horrible to listen to. So Eminem came out and said, this song, which is vulgar, by the way, there is some real fucked up shit in it. Uh, but Eminem says, the whole idea of this song was to say some of the most fucked up shit. Just to let people know that I'm back, that I didn't lose it, that I wasn't compromising nothing, and I didn't change. If anything, I got worse. Because this is a response to Lynn Cheney, the vice second lady of the United States from 2001 to 2009. Dick Cheney's wife, calling for age restrictions on music sales after citing the lyrics from this song, Kill You. And she was very vocal against Eminem and this song in particular. The vice president's wife, Lynn Cheney. Eminem, whose given name is Marshall Mathers, is apparently still smarting after Mrs. Cheney singled him out in Senate testimony two years ago. He is a violent misogynist. He advocates raping and murdering his mother in one of his songs. He glories in the same song and the idea that he might murder any woman he comes across he is rejecting it and saying we've got all these other problems in the world and this is a thing that recurs in a lot of lyrics in this album we've got all these problems in the world people are doing the most awful things and you're worried about what i'm saying on a record as if that matters um so i think he's very switched on and this song is the first glimpse of that yeah, definitely. I mean, you brought up a great point, and I was going to ask you about that, but in regards to ICP, because ICP, lyrically, they do the same stuff. And we did an episode of Insane Clown Posse. Everyone check that out. Um, and when we listen to when you listen to their music, it is about, like, killing people with an axe, and, like, they're just doing absurd things. But it sounds terrible, you know? <laughs> it, it really is. It's like, I don't... I, I, you know, Eminem's doing the same thing. He, I mean, he... For instance, he, it's a great alliterative usage when he goes, I invented violence. You vile, feminist, vile little bitches, vain Viking, vroom, vroom, vroom. And, you know, he does a chainsaw sound, but it's fine. Like, you you dig it. You know, it's it's not just it, – it, it, I think it's just his talent shines through that. Or even more so, like, 
one of the famous lines in this song, particularly even, you know, in 2000, when I first heard it, I was like, holy fuck. I can't believe he said that when he goes, he goes, shut up, slut. You cause too much, you causing too much chaos. Just bend over and take it like a slut. Okay, ma. And, and that I was like, whoa, that was fucking dark really quickly <laughs> into this album. But you still laugh at it. I mean, like it's 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 super twisted, but the way he delivers it, it's so on point and um, um, so precise that he just hits the mark. And in this song, "Kill You," um, he's quoted saying, "This right here gives you an idea of what the album's all about because the song is ridiculous." So Eminem is aware that the song he is making is ridiculous. He's he's not, like not blind to this, and he doesn't think he's making good music. He says, the whole hook is basically bashing women. And then at the end of the song, I say, I'm just kidding, ladies. You know I love you. It's kind of like you could say whatever you want as long as you're joking at the end. So he realizes this whole, like, apology culture. And as long as he comes out and says he was joking at the end, it doesn't matter how twisted he gets. Um, He's pushing the boundaries as an artist here and seeing what's the worst that I can get away with because they're going to play me on MTV anyway. Yeah, Um, that quote, where are you referencing that? Is that from the book Angry Blonde? Uh, It might be, yeah. Yeah, okay. There's an autobiography. I had that. I was so obsessed with this album that I had the book angry blonde which is great yeah which is an eminem book it's an eminem book and so it dissects the lyrics there's another book by anthony bozaz i believe i'm pronouncing that right he was a writer for uh rolling stone it's called the way i am and that dissects eminem's career and the marshall mathers lp bro i had like i was well it's funny we're gonna get into it into the next song on this album but i was totally one of those dudes that were like in all in on this album you know what's weird though um, and we were just talking about Miss Cheney, which reminds me of that Without Me lyric, you know, like... Yeah. I know that you got a job, Miss Cheney, but your husband's heart problem's complicated, so the FCC... Yeah. I find it interesting because at the time, and I remember this because, you know, she's a Republican, yeah. um, second lady of the United States, and she's telling kids what they can listen to, which is incredibly uncool. And I would think that when I was a kid, someone like a politician's wife telling me, oh, you can't listen to this music because it's bad for you and it's corrupting the youth. That scene is incredibly lame. But the way that society has gone now, Lynn Cheney has ended up being on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. And now you aren't allowed to make music like this anymore because it's not woke. Yeah, like, yeah. it is funny. That is the way she was actually right in the end. And Eminem, the shock culture is all, all but dissipated. And he, if he released a song like this now with the slurs and the misogyny, even if it's satirical, he would be cancelled for it. I just think that that's, that's really funny. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something we will we'll talk about as well because uh, um, this is very telling of the time. Because if you anyone try to put an album out like this, it's not flying for sure because of... Uh, 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 the subject matter that's uh, that's going on in this album. I know Lynn Cheney would have copped so much flack from the youth of today, but if Justin Trudeau or like that Alexandra Orazio Cortez or whatever, I don't know her <laughs> name, uh, or Jacinda Ardern, oh, yeah. and they came out and they're like a cool, young, hip, liberal person, and then they attacked this album, I think the kids of today would be like, oh, that's so brave, you know, shutting down Eminem. Um it's just so funny that he was the ultimate rebel and now he'd be seen as like a monster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's let's finally get on to Dilated Peoples. They kick off their album with the title track, The Platform. And I think the production is great. It's not a Dr. Dre beat. We're not going to go that far. But The Alchemist, who produces five tracks on this, is a really, really great producer. Uh, and he's remained fairly underground, but he had some really wonderful projects with Freddie Gibbs uh, in the past couple of years, uh, Fetty and Alfredo. So I recommend that if you're a hip-hop fan. But these beats are 20 years old, which is crazy to say, and they still sound quite fresh to me. It was good. I was bumping along to it. It's strange, though, because a lot of these conscious rappers are shying away from, like, misogyny and crime, but their messages get a bit lost in the source for me. Like, they're too clever with their lyrics and too intricate, whereas Eminem is as subtle as, like, a cream pie in the face. Yeah, or a bukkake. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, or a bukkake. 
but he might uh, he might be blunt and he might be really corny sometimes but he's a clear communicator like you know where he stands you know what the message is he is reflecting an ugly side of society that he grew up with mm, yeah. dilated people dilated people miss the main point of i don't know fucking music where the most effective way to communicate your message is to actually just write a great song yeah uh, i think they get they get too wrapped up in their own messaging yeah and that and that's the thing with this album that i um came to the conclusion i mean the beats are good there's maybe three of them that I really, really liked, and they were produced by The Alchemist. Um, but you're right in the sense of comparing both albums. There's actual songs on the Marshall Mathers LP that you can listen to, and they're, you know what I mean, like catchy hooks and things like that. Whereas with the platform, it's very rapidy rap rap. I'm rapping about rap, and I'm <laughs> rapping about this, and I'm rapping about, you know, opening up your mind and even literally there's a song about opening up your third eye, you know? Um, and it's very much like wordplay and pun and it's very underground and it's cool. It's almost like, ah, oh man, it's almost like a, a textbook that you would read. If you're a hip hop fan, you can uh, get stuff out of and learn from and you've really hit the nail on the head where it's like, I can pick out the real Slim Shady. I know what that sounds like. I know the hook. I know I know the melody. I know the rhythm. All of the songs on Dilated Peoples is just one long rap battle, so there's no defining moments. There's yes. nothing to jump out at you. Bro, that's exactly the same. Like, all the songs really, really sound the same. Like, I couldn't really pick out something that was like, oh, that was, that was a standout song. There were standout rhymes here and there, but there was nothing that really broke through and i mean nothing not to take away from them because they they put a lot of work in and stuff like that but it was just kind of kind of bland i would say yeah so i mean we do you there are points that jump out at me because they have like a feature on like the next song no retreat they've got be real mm-hmm. uh, be real from cypress hill another sort of underground outfit makes an appearance it's a nice track we last heard from him you might remember episode 10 the space jam soundtrack yeah. Did I ever tell you about uh, a girl I used to see who lived in Spain? Okay. And over there, they listened to the Spanish versions of Cypress Hill songs. Oh, really? Like, for instance, they, they re-recorded Insane in the Main Brain as Loco and El Coco. Yeah, okay. <laughs> The first time she heard the English version of Cypress Hill, she was like, oh, I can't believe they covered this in English. That's so lame. I can't believe they stole this Spanish song, which I thought was was pretty funny because yeah. I didn't even, didn't you don't even think of it like that. Yeah, but yeah. it brings me to another point. The barriers in hip hop for people that aren't African-American to break through because they, they really don't belong. It's not their, it's not supposed to be their, their music. So Cypress Hill as a Latino group, you know, I think they have Cuban heritage actually. Mm. And Dilated Peoples are the same thing, being a motley crew of mixed race people. Right. So it's, it's, so, it's so incredibly hard for to break through into the mainstream which is seen as like oh you have to be african-american to be a rapper right but eminem at this point may 23rd 2000 is the biggest rapper on the planet and would continue to be at this point until probably 50 cent arrives in a couple of years time that is some achievement for some weedy looking white kid from detroit mm. like that is a against all odds he sort of overcame that and fitting into somewhere where he clearly doesn't belong i mean it's his talent he's super talented but he and he acknowledges it in a bunch of songs that he got lucky. He he got co-signed by Dr. Dre. Um, I think about what if Eminem, you know, didn't get the link up with uh, Dr. Dre where his career would have gone to. Um, he probably could have. I mean, he probably would be an underground artist in this vein of dilated peoples or someone like. ICP, you know, where they have a yeah, strong... Yeah, so, so it might have just been luck, yeah. you think? Uh, I mean, every, I mean, you know, they always say, like, uh, there's an old saying or adage that says, you know, success is 90% work and then 10% luck, you know? And I think the Dr. Dre thing really, really uh, pushed him over the edge. Like, he was super talented. He had an underground following. He made place number two on the rap olympics so i mean he's talented he's out there people know him but the fact that he got linked up with dr dre helped him not only with production wise but also with industry 
connections. You know, he's on Interscope, Aftermath, which you know has other artists like Gwen Stefani or Pink. You know, it just puts him in a in a really good position um, in the music industry. What is the Rap Olympics? He just mentioned he came second in the Rap Olympic. Is it like a, a competition or something? Yeah, yeah, it's like a. Um, uh, it's bit, yeah, it's, it sounds. It is what it sounds like. It's a. Uh, they could do battles. They could do like uh, freestyle games and things like that. And um, famously, he he um, he gained. He got second on the Rap Olympics against this guy named Juice, which is ironic because now everyone's like, "Where where is that guy, Juice?" You know, like never. No one's ever heard of him. Um, so let's dive into the next Eminem song, Stan. Mm. I mean, uh, very few songs permeate culture the way that Stan has. I'm thinking of terms that are from rap songs that have become cultural lingo, like, you know, getting jiggy with it, or no homo, or mm. thoughts, or you YOLO. know. Or YOLO. Stan is now a term for a diehard fan because of this song, and it made it into the Oxford English Dictionary, like, shit, man. <laughs> May I just say, the sample of Dido's Thank You is wonderful. This is such a great sample, and what a fucking wild collaboration. The fact that he decided to sample her is great. It's like this, you know, very demure, housewife, English singer, mum rock type artist, and you're sampling on her and putting it on a really fucked up rap song. It's just wonderful. And for her part, she was actually an Eminem fan prior to this and was psyched to be used. They said, oh, Eminem sampled the song, and I'm thinking, ah, I wonder what's happening. You know, I mean, because I was actually a huge Eminem fan, but I was sort of like, ah, I wonder what he's done, you know. (laughs) And we put it on. I was with a couple of friends of mine who were visiting, and we put it on in the hotel room and was listening to the lyrics. I was just like, this is amazing. I mean, I I just think his lyrics on that song are absolutely brilliant. You know, he's, to me, the ultimate storyteller. Honestly, for me, the song makes me uncomfortable. The video clip especially. Mm. is a very famous video clip but it makes me sort of uncomfortable and Eminem intended this song to be a message to fans who had written him disturbing letters indicating that they had taken his previous album's violent lyrics seriously so he was sort of saying like oh ease up guys I'm only I'm just doing this for shock value Mm -hmm. and to be a provocateur like don't actually do the stuff I'm rapping about the Dido sample is incredible I think it's uh, important to mention it was produced by a producer named the Four. 45 King, who's produced other hits like Jay-Z's Hard Knock Life. And if you compare the songs, you can get it. He, he's able to take a song that's very sweet, um, whether it be Dido or, you know, Annie's um, Hard Knock Life, right? incorporate the singing songy part and then change it into something a lot more in well in the in the in the example of stan a lot more darker and then an example of hard not life into something a lot like a lot more street he was super talented in, in that sense um it's a bit of uh life imitating art did you hear about this this year actually that um somebody broke into eminem's house during this covid lockdown did you hear about that really i didn't hear about yeah yeah like um this guy matthew hughes this 47 year old dude or something like that allegedly broke the kitchen window into eminem's mansion he didn't steal anything uh but he just said he wanted to have some FaceTime with eminem (laughs) oh my god yeah he said uh yeah he broke in he said he figured that he would probably be home because of the covid lockdown uh this happened at 4 a.m eminem just walked into this kitchen and found some random dude um, and this guy looks kind of, uh, you know, homeless if you see the pictures. Um, and he found this dude and called security immediately and um, they arrested him. No one was hurt or anything. But um, it is uh, it is shocking to to see that, you know, um, Eminem wasn't kidding. These his fans are some of his fans are kind of nuts. Yeah, because even at the end of the song where he's rapping, he's finally responding to Stan in a letter. And he's saying, like, man, you tell him all this stuff, like, you should get some help. Like, he is he is very aware that some of his fan base might be deteriorating mentally. So he's, like, he's he's sort of putting out a, a, a call for help, just being like, you should get some help. Or, like, you know, this, this thing, these things you're doing are not right. Um, so that's, like, the actual human being, Marshall Mathers, mm-hmm. coming outside of the Slim Shady character and being like, guys, let's get real for a second. 
in the same way, like his next song, Who Knew, I just want to reference, like some of his lyrics where he sings, you want me to fix up lyrics while our president gets his dick sucked? Uh, which I thought was very true. You know, there's all these scandals in the political world and yet people are attacking him for his music. And also the hook on Who Knew, where he raps. I never knew why, knew I would get this big. I never knew why, knew I'd affect this kid. I never knew why, get him to slit his wrist. I never knew why, get him to hit this bitch. I never knew why, knew I would get this So this is... Uh, Eminem as a human being realizing he is super popular now and the shock value songs he was making are actually might be having an effect on people mm-hmm. and he's saying like I, I didn't know this was going to happen yeah yeah definitely definitely I but mean, I don't think like I think that's bullshit like you cannot pin any of this on him he just makes the music it's up to anyone it's up to kids at home to interpret it you know yeah but you know how it is like and we kind of touched on it on uh, our Twisted Sister episode to the um, where we mentioned like Dee Snyder had to go in front of Congress because uh, politicians were saying you know heavy metal is ruining the children I mean it's such an easy route for uh these moral guardians to go to they don't want to necessarily fix the problems of society which is their job they're politicians and people of power instead they point the finger at a scapegoat oh it's um it's the heavy metal music it's the rap music it's the video games that are causing things like gun violence and you know like video games cause gun violence well bro you know you know who else plays video games millions and millions of people in across asia you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> and how many gun mass shootings are there in japan um come on let's let's get with it um i think and it's interesting and, and this adds to the reason why i believe this album was so massive and made eminem a superstar and that's important to note. like he wasn't after this and he was first was yes a a a a, a, a hip-hop artist but this album made him into a hip-hop superstar. It's very commonplace that a lot of uh, parents or moral guardians like I like like to say will point the finger at rap and say, "Well, gangster rap, this dirty rap." Of course, these these artists and and to be frank with you, these black artists are talking about shooting guns and living in the ghetto and stuff like that. But it was so fresh and new to have a white guy talking about all this stuff. And I think that added fuel to the fire and it made him stand out. So that's why someone like Lynn Cheney would pick on him because he was um, just an, uh, almost a novelty and uh, an easy scapegoat to go to. I mentioned, I just mentioned before, like Stan makes me pretty uncomfortable. Like the actual song itself is so catchy and so well wrapped and everything, but the topic actually makes me uncomfortable. I think that's what he's going for here, and especially with a song that's coming up later that we'll get into, of making the most horrible songs, because instead of listening to boy bands and where where all their music is about how peachy life is, sometimes it's important that there is a mainstream artist that is talking about awful things like domestic violence and murder and those sorts of things, and things that do happen to make you uncomfortable about it. Because I was like, I'm target market right here, boy. I'm like, you know, a young white kid uh, with, the, with the world at his feet in, you know, the fifth grade listening mm-hmm. to Eminem. It's important for me to hear those songs and get uncomfortable and be made to feel uncomfortable. The problem with Dilated Peoples is their ne- next song, Guaranteed, the song after that, Right On, it's just smooth sailing. None of the messages is actually getting through to me because it's not reaching me emotionally. Whereas Eminem, he sort of like shocks you into submission with these fucking horrible things. And it does make you think about these issues and how messed up his life was and how messed up his attitude towards women was. You need a bit of emotional uncomfortability to get through to someone if you're trying to do a rap with a message. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A massive difference between uh, both of these albums. Um... Like I listened to the platform a, a couple of times this week and there was, wasn't was a song, like a, a, a full song that I was like, okay, that was that was dope or that was cool or I took something away from it. Good beats. There were a couple of cool, cool lines, but nothing that's really particularly like, wow, that was amazing. Like a song like Stan where I can, I took it away and I was like, wow, that was a great storytelling or um a song like Who Knew, where I was like, oh, wow, he really has saying something about, he has a lot of social commentary here. Um, a lot of that's really lost on uh, the platform. Yeah, I mean, they'd be phenomenal to watch live, I'm sure. It'd be a, it'd be a lot of fun, but I it just in one ear, out the other. We're going to take a break. We'll take a pause for the cause. 
We'll be back with more When Albums Collide. Everybody and welcome to ReviewParty.com. I'm Brent. I'm Matt. We're going to take you on an adventure through the internet's uh, absurd cesspool of user-generated internet reviews. This is a Google review for Santa's Village Azusement Park. Liz Del Rio writes, My son was a baby there. One star. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if she means like he existed as a baby or just like, My son was a little wuss. <laughs> Afraid of the goats and stuff. <laughs> My 17-year-old son cried like a bitch <laughs> when he saw those goats. It's just a goat, come on. <laughs> Mom, I don't know. Yeah, I what I pictured was a uh, like a jaded emo teenager. I'm like, oh, we gotta go to the petting zoo. Oh my god. <laughs> and uh, he, he walks into the zoo and his mom's a little bit ahead of him. And when she turns around, she just sees a pile of clothes on the ground. <laughs> what happened? And she she ruffles it around to, to reveal that her son has reverted back to the baby stage. That's the magic of Santa. Yeah, that, some might say that's a plus. It literally that's brings you back to your childhood. To childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'm Brent. I'm Matt. Take it easy out there, everybody. That's ReviewParty.com. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. The Tuesday Reviews Day. Tuesday Reviews Day, baby. Hashtag Tuesday Reviews Day. Let's get it going. So we get back into both these albums on When Albums Collide, Pedro. May 23rd, 2000, The Marshall Matters LP with Eminem versus Dilated People's The Platform. On that Marshall Matters LP, we get to one of the biggest singles he's ever had and perhaps his his trademark song, which is The Real Slim Shady. Mm -hmm. All-time classic track. If you remember our Van Halen 1984 episode, you'll remember you mentioned this is the song they used to mentally torture dissidents in Guantanamo Bay. Oh, yeah. I mean, the wordplay is so good and immature and cheeky. It is music made for teenagers. I think that that is, like, safe to say. Eminem makes music for teenagers. When I was in year five, so I would have been 11 years old, Eminem was the biggest thing in the world. And all the boys at school knew how to rap every Eminem song. Mm. It was his absolute apex. I don't think the fact that it's aimed at a younger demographic or that it appeals to a younger immature demographic changes the fact that the song is an incredible piece of music he says even in who knew in his first verse he's like i don't do black music i don't do white music i make fight music for high school kids yeah very accurate mm you know your target market i'm sure you know that this was actually the last song recorded for the album because they turned in the album uh jimmy Iovine, the president of interscope was saying it's great, but we need a single, something to the sim- uh, in the vein of Hi, My Name Is. Went back to the studio. Eminem was frustrated because he's like, I can't fucking just pull out things out of my ass. He actually went in and recorded The Way I Am, which is almost like an anti-single, you know, um, <laughs> which turns out to be the second single of the album. And then they were like, okay, we need to pull something out. Eminem and Dr. Dre go into the studio and they're fucking around on the keyboards. And the story goes, he was just playing boom, 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 boom. And he was like, that's it. And they went in and they recorded The Real Slim Shady to massive, massive success. And he would go on to kind of follow this formula for a bit. You hear songs like Without Me, Just Lose It, Poppy. I mean, even corny <laughs> kind of songs about making fun of celebrities and what's going on in American pop culture. Bit of trivia here. Um, there's, a, there's a rumor that he was actually inspired by this rapper named K-Solo because uh, K-Solo released a song in 1990 called The Real Solo, Please Stand Up. And if you listen to that song, it's out on YouTube. You can probably hear uh, where the influence is coming from. The, the Real Solo, Please Stand Up. But even that term, please stand up, that's actually a reference to an old game show back in the day, I think in the 60s or 70s, called To Tell the Truth. Okay, there we have it now. As we've made our minds up, we'll find out whether we're right or wrong right now as we discover which one of these gentlemen 
is the real Dr. Seuss. So will the real Ted Geisel please stand up? I think in this song, The Real Slim Shady, this is where he becomes a pop culture provocateur. Um, and it's something that, I mean, at that point, I hadn't seen in pop music before. There might be other examples of it, but we hadn't seen that in pop music in a long, long time where he's almost breaking the fourth wall. You know what I mean? He's talking to the audience and he's making fun of Britney Spears and he's making fun of... He is, which is, uh, it's so impressive because you don't get this, you don't really get this in rock music. Like very rarely in rock music do you get people that are like direct direct jabs or veiled threats towards real people that are on TV at the moment. Like there's the whole thing of him rapping about sitting next to Christina Aguilera, who was sitting next to Fred Durst, who she gave head to, and all this, like, all this rumor mill. Eminem doesn't rap about the streets. He raps about what's on TV, like, right now. He is, like, the apex millennial memester because he just talks about reality TV and what's on MTV and all the drama about the entertainment world. That's his style, and it's so fresh at this point because no one else does it. An argument that he was making, it was like, and it's understandable because he comes out with a, a, a single like Hi My Name Is and he's a blonde dude with blue eyes. And even back in the day, I was like, is this hip hop? Is this rap? You know? So I think a lot of people, critics try to place them into that uh, box of, oh, he's a pop act in the vein of Britney Spears and NSYNC or maybe even like Blink-182 and things like that. So this was um, basically a rejection of that. His argument was I'm not that, so I'm going to make fun of these people to distance myself from them. But ironically, um, when he did that, he becomes associated with them because I remember just watching, you know, like MTV news or music news in general, and they'll have a story about Britney Spears. And then whoever, Kurt Loder, would segue and say, and another person who's very critical of Brady Spears is Eminem, and this is his story, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, so he really did associate himself uh, with those groups. And, you know, if you use the analogy of, I don't know, high school, where Brady Spears was the pop princess and sync are the, you know, the high school kings and the popular kids, like Eminem was basically the class clown just goofing on everybody. Yeah, so again, very. I just felt like he was such an outsider to the rest of of the of the community um, that that you get that sort of class clown thing from him, right? The like the next couple tracks. Uh, did you have anything for dilated people's next tracks? Like you got like the main event, which again, kill a beat from the Alchemist, but uh, not not a lot going on for me. Yeah, I mean, with the main event, I said yeah, it was a track with just evidence. Um, who I mean, I think. Yeah, his his his, his rhymes are fine. Um, I I mean, I know he went on to kind of pursue a, a solo career, and he has a, a bit of a name on the underground scene. But that this is the big problem with the album. We've mentioned it a number of times already is that a lot of the songs sound the same. Um, I start feeling very bored on the album because <laughs> um, nothing really stands out. If anyone, I would give the MVP trophy to Iris Science because I just thought he has some really cool raps and, and, and rhymes here and there. Yeah, it's very much uh, the same all the way through. So if you don't mind, I might skip forward to a couple songs to Eardrums Pop. Yeah. Now, this is a song which came included on the album, but there's also a remix at the, at the tail end of the album of Eardrums Pop, and the remix is much more memorable. Why? Because this is where the Dilated People's Eminem beef began. This is a song where a guest on the remix, Everlast, makes a diss towards Eminem and his daughter, rapping, Cock my hammer, spit a comment like Haley, a buck of 380 on ones that act shady. Yeah, so Haley obviously being a reference to Marshall Mathers' daughter, Haley, and, you know, a copper 380 on ones that act shady. Eminem heard about this and would respond in kind with his own track, Quitter, where he says, Yes. And if you talk about my little girl in a song again, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you.
as it happens, because it was on a dilated people's track, all of dilated people's caught flack for it. Like, he, they got flamed by the whole Eminem team because they let this guy rap on their track. To the point where evidence of dilated people has all this pressure on him now because he's getting flamed by Eminem and people are laughing in his face. Getting dissed by Eminem in the prime of his career. That's I'm talking cool. about, I'm the, no, it was not cool at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, diss me, please, no, Eminem, no, please no, 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 diss no. me. <laughs> the real Slim Shady was out. He, right. he was on over the top of the world. I went to, there was a coffee shop I used to go to in the morning and get bagel and coffee. And I went there and the girl looked at me one day and, and she just looked at me and just started laughing in my face. Wow. And I was like, and she was like, what are you going to do? That's what she told me. What are you going <laughs> to do? <laughs> so he responds with his own diss, searching for Bobby Fischer. Mm. And as he explains, as he's rapping about in this disc, he found out all this stuff about Eminem from people who used to know him, like his inability to maintain an erection. He's white trash. He's a pop artist. It's legitimately brutal, this searching for Bobby Fischer. The trailer trash town with daddy stuck it to you. That's why you hate your mother, because she never tried to stop it. 20 years later, you're still out of luck. I met this chick you took home on tour, but couldn't get it up. And then in response, Eminem released a hidden track called Girls, uh, yes. Where he almost tries to defuse it. I'd have never involved my crew if it wasn't for pupils, peoples, whatever your backpack and cipher and name is. Had I not opened a magazine and seen what you're saying, I'd have never involved you, but you had to add your two pennies. Now I gotta go grab my shit list and add some new enemies. Uh, and basically, he says, if you wanna be on my shit list, fine, but I'd, I don't want any beef with you. Um, and if you, you want to involve yourself, I'm going to wreck you because I'm the most famous rapper on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it turns out to be a bit of a battle. And I believe Be Real, who was on an earlier track from Cypress Hill, came between them and had them make peace because dilated people are cool with Alchemist, who produces stuff for both of them. And they're cool with Exhibit, who are Eminem's friends. So they've seen each other backstage at a concert since. And apparently it's been cool. But man, rap feuds. All the energy and drama of a girl's locker room at a high school somewhere. Yeah. Just so dramatic. So I understand why they were cool taking a jab at Eminem. Even though Eminem hadn't done anything to them, they were cool because they're so anti-Eminem in terms of their stance and message. They're so dedicated to being like real hip-hop and underground. So they're like, oh, you can take a stab at, at, at Eminem, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Eminem just came back firing because he can because he's the biggest rapper on the planet, you know? They're coming from the stance of the, un- uh, the underground underdog going at like the big guy. I mean, at this point, you know, maybe a lot of people still doubt him, kind of see him as a, a just joke because he's, you know, comes out with songs like Hi, My Name Is or The Real Some Shady, where it's kind of, some people would say it's um, corny or not even the real hip hop, stuff like that. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I know that they've all settled that. And that I've heard about, I've heard all those tracks against Everlast. He has Quitter, he has, oh, it escapes me right now, but it's on the internet where he calls him like, he makes fun of his heart problems it's very interesting white rappers going at each other like so catty. like because like... M- eminem had his little blow up with uh, machine gun kelly uh, yeah. was it last year or something so yeah you know, yeah same thing yeah it's just angry white dudes man i think it's quite telling the the final the final lyrics here where they rap i'm building with that science that Dela dropped that means it might blow up but it won't go pop so that's referencing De La Soul, another underground group that we did an episode on. But they're so caught up in being underground and not pop. And guys, being pop is not a bad thing. You actually make a shitload of money and your music reaches more people because you're popular. So stop being so up your own asses. At the, it just sounds like they're so jealous almost of, of what Eminem has created by being vulgar that they're like, oh, well, at least we're not pop. It's like a weird coping mechanism they have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's almost like telling yourself, well, that girl didn't date me or whatever because uh, she's a fucking bitch anyway. You know, it's just like, well. The next two tracks here is another clear point of where these albums went right and where they went wrong because you have Drug Ballad, which is a ladies track by Eminem. And by the way, Eminem does not suit doing a sexy ladies track. But the beat is like a sex song, but he's changed the the tone of the song and he's rapping about drugs and his love affair with drugs. And he's singing a love song to the solvents and substances that he is using. It's a very Eminem way to do a ladies track. Mm -hmm. There is not a lot of variation, however, on the platform. Somehow, Eminem, who you would expect just to be screaming at you a thousand percent of the time, 
varies more on his album than Dilated Peoples does. Yes. They have an autobiographical track called Years in the Making. They don't vary at all. Like, there is no musical style, even though they've got several producers on it. Alchemist is back on Annihilation, the next track, and it's a fucking wonderful track. But they need more. They need more tempo. They need a, a, what you would call a ladies track. They need a victory lap. They need a, a street song. They don't have any of that. It's just one long boring battle rap yeah 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 for sure even in years in the making i thought oh that was a song that kind of stood out because it was just a bit telling their story of how they basically the formation of the group and how they came to be but still i mean that's the biggest problem with the album there's no diversity ironically there's diversity in the group uh, uh physically they got this type of guy they got this type of guy but the subject matter the topics there's even some of the beats the beats are dope but there's no variation in anything yeah i I, like i I know what you're saying um because even songs that i dislike i can appreciate at least they're a change of pace like amityville it's like a full horrorcore track detailing all these gruesome things that are happening in detroit with people getting you know beat up and killed and murdered and assaulted and all this stuff it i think it's a weak song and the lyrics are incredibly foul but He's doing this, like, shouting rap. It's bordering on punk music, the way he's just screaming. I think his talent lies in his wordplay and his smooth his smooth uh, flow, so it doesn't do much for me, but I can appreciate there's a market for it, and this is something different, at least, that he's doing. The, the delivery is different on every song, but the lyrical skill is always there, you know? Uh, let, do, do you want to... Can we dive into Kim straight away? Like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. I'm, I'm... As, a, so as a rule, you know, I said, if I was uncomfortable on in Stan, yeah. listening to Stan, yeah. <laughs> then I'm obviously going to fucking hate Kim, because Kim is the... Man, Kim's the worst. And really? I realize, as, yeah, for me personally, as an artistic uh, expression, I think it's important that this exists, but I don't ever want to fucking listen to it ever again. I really don't mm. like it, man. It's basically the sound of someone having a mental breakdown and then taking it out on their partner via domestic abuse. It's like Love the Way You Lie that he did with Rihanna without any of the musical nuance or production mm. value. So this is the precursor to that. Yeah. Now, do you find it uh, unbearable to listen to because of the subject matter and the... The subject matter is fine, but you can have beautiful songs about domestic violence mm. and, and ugly topics, but it's also like it's just very obnoxious the way he's he's having a conversation to her and just screaming at her. It reminds me of that song, Down With The Sickness. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. Where at the end, he's just screaming at his mother yeah. and it just ruins the entire song. Don't do it again. I realize there is a place for ugly quote-unquote art and it reflects real emotions and things that are genuine that happen in middle america and around the world as a matter of fact domestic violence makes me genuinely really uncomfortable i know that's not a groundbreaking statement mm. but i just thought the song wasn't great and i think he what he did with like rihanna later on is a much more pop commercial version of this and this is a very rough ugly piece of art but i understand i understand it totally has a place yeah yeah i mean uh i I think it's well documented the relationship between him and kim his ex-wife and pretty you know rocky all and they got married and they divorced and then remarried and divorced again and stuff like that and this is uh, a prequel to um a track on the slim shady lp called 97 bonnie and clyde where in that song he's dumping kim's body with the help of his uh toddler daughter so this is how that's this, is, this song Kim is a setup for that song. Yeah, when I listen to the album, like I said, every month, <laughs> I this is a song I will skip just because I just I've heard it a million times, but I also can find it just unbearable, uh, not unbearable, but just kind of um, grating on my ears. The screaming, yeah, like a, the the end especially becomes very screaming. Yeah, yeah, the scream. But I remember the first time I heard this, I was like, "Yo, this dude is fucking nuts," and it made me feel really uncomfortable. It's particularly at the end where he's yelling. He's like, "Bitch, bleed, bitch, bleed," mimicking or acting out her throat getting cut and it's that gargling effect i was just like wow that i remember just sitting the first time i was, and i and i downloaded back in the day remember um fucking limewire i downloaded on yeah. limewire <laughs> back in the day and i got a rough cut so it wasn't mixed properly i heard this and i just felt 
dirty listening to it. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. And, and that's a that's a thing where I can't believe I'm about to say this about Lynn Cheney, where she's right, where it's like sometimes you are too young to listen to something. Yeah. Like you just, you're not quite ready. You, you can't take it in yet or you don't know about these things yet. Yeah. So it's a, and I'm sure millions of teenagers around the world have all had music like that that just like shocks them into adulthood. Um, and so this this was it, man. And, but even now, I'm like I'm a fucking in my late twenties, still makes me uncomfortable. So it's got to be something to it. Yeah, I think with myself, I'm like I said, I'm listening to this all the time. I, I think I'm um very desensitized to it, and I acknowledge that this album nowadays, especially nowadays in 2020, is problematic. With this song and another and a song we'll we'll have to talk about, Criminal. I wouldn't play it in front of random strangers or you know just a company that i'm not familiar with but i can i I don't know i still enjoy it you know because in arguments of lynn cheney like i grew up listening to this and i've never killed somebody or shot somebody or i don't not one time not one time i mean i'm still it's still early in the day so (laughs) but you know i grew up listening to this album i've never said the word like i've never called anyone of a sex of a certain sexual orientation a faggot or anything like that I'm, and it's just it, it's just I'm, I'm and you would think after listening to it yeah and you would think after listening to it why why haven't we been brainwashed into just saying these terms because like just because he's saying it and he's in character or he's making a political doesn't mean we immediately powered it back like you know it, it's i think it's it's really like people think ever society is so dumb that they'll just gobble up whatever but we can appreciate he's making a statement and not mimic it yeah you know like i can listen to kim and not want to go and kill someone and yeah it, like i know that sounds silly but it's true but let's put it this way i have pretty much nothing for the rest of dilated people's albums yeah, yeah. right but we are still i could talk till the cows come home with you about this marshall mathers lp and it's been 20 years since yeah. it came out which is scary to say as well so that shows you like what the difference between good art is and what just boring art is art that tackles difficult topics and comments on society at the time and art that is just concerned with oh we're not pop and we're real hip-hop and this is real hip. no one cares man no one's gonna remember you in two decades time whereas everyone's gonna remember the marshall mothers lp let's let's um pick out the the last few highlights i did like bitch please too Mm -hmm which has a lot of uh, features on it. You've got X to the Z Exhibit, both Snoop and Nate Dogg, and you've got Dr. Dre. It's a star-studded track. It's funny it's a sequel to Snoop Dogg's Bitch Please 1. I've I've never heard of many sequels to songs, to be honest. There's no Yellow Submarine 2 or Despacito 2. But here's the thing. After you have a song like Kim, which is messed up, then they, he comes back with a song like Under the Influence, which yeah. is a D12 collaboration that is so incongruous to what we just listened to. I just heard a man murder his girlfriend, and now we've got this like smooth party track where lyrics like, I'm fucking anything when I'm snorting, it's going to cost $300 to get my pit bull an abortion. It's a hilariously graphic line, but it doesn't belong on the album after you've just done Kim. I mean, I mean this song, uh, Under the Influence, is obviously um a segue to get d12 his group from back in the day in prime time he says that in multiple interviews that um they, they made a pack amongst each other that if one of them were to make it that the other one will pull everybody into the mainstream and get them on and things like that so this was their first appearance on a, on a massive massive album and they continue to put out albums and, uh, uh albums out like that as well but yeah it is a bit of um change of pace coming from a song like kim and then going into something like this where um talking about drugs and it's kind of goofy and still very much of that horror core uh motif going on we can pretty much wrap things up take to the breakdown but did you want to talk about criminal this song particularly was the one that um people will point out when they criticize him for being homophobic. I mean, it's very, I mean, now listening to 2022, it's very hard to defend too, if you're just taking it on face value, where he goes, you know. My words are like a dagger with a jagged edge. So I'll stab you in the head, whether you're a fag or less. Is that a homosex, a math or a trans vest? Pants a dress, hate facts, the answer's yes. Homophobic, nah, you're just heterophobic. Staring in my jeans, watching my genitals bulge. As we mentioned, he's purposely trying to be shocking well okay okay, so i'm gonna i'm gonna put it put it like this in terms of his homophobia right first of all you gotta realize what time period it is let's judge the time by the time period the year 2000 
everyone was calling everything gay. Yes. That is oh, like, oh, that's so gay, man. I, I had a conversation dude, with somebody about this last night, yeah. This is, this is just the climate. Whether you think it's shameful that we were doing this, whether you, you agree with it or not, it's what it's what people were doing. Kids were doing it. Adults were doing it. Old people were doing it. They're all doing it. Okay. He he comes out, and I think it's in the real Slim Shady where he's like, where he even sings. Well, if if we can, you know, have sex with antelope, why it there's, makes no sense why two men can't elope. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying, he's being quite supportive of gay marriage in that. People are saying, oh, you're referring to, like, gay men being together. It's the same as bestiality. But no, he's right, right. expressing it in a funny and comical way. And he is showing that it doesn't matter. Like, he doesn't give a shit and no one else should give a shit either about about homosexuality. But because he's been attacked for it repeatedly, obviously, as the class clown, he wants to jab at society a little bit and be a little bit cheeky with it. I know he even did, like, performances with Elton John on stage and they hugged at the end of the thing to show that, you know, like, I'm really not homophobic. It's just part of the art and part of the character. And by the way, we call everything gay because it's the year 2000. Things have changed. As I said, if you want to look at it, Eminem won the sales war, the the record war, but Dilated Peoples won the culture war in terms of being more woke and not saying any of this shock culture shit. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's a very uh, important thing to mention up, uh, mention, excuse me, because of the the time period is very important to to bring up. I mean, it was just, it sounds so weird to say because it was only like, what, 19 years ago, but time period was very different and yeah like people used to just throw terms around like that and it would be nothing and it was just almost uh, very much part of the lexicon obviously it's better that we've evolved as a as a species uh do you want to take it to the breakdown yeah let's do it let's take it to the breakdown Pedro, uh, what do you think of both these albums? Obviously, one of these albums, near and dear to your heart, and you hold a very special place for it. The other one is the Marshall Mathers LP. (laughs) Just doing this episode and revisiting the album and comparing it to a contemporary Mm. album, did it change how you viewed the Marshall Mathers LP? Um, I mean, it didn't... mm, That's a tough question. Does it change the way... I mean, I know in 2020 is definitely problematic. I would never play this and at a party or anything like that. Maybe the real Slim Shady, the single, but I would never play this out in front of people. I still think it's a great work of art in the sense of his skills, the songs, the anger. And because it is problematic, that adds to it as well because it gets people talking. It's a bit of a, a time capsule and um, it shows how much we've uh, grown as a society. We are a lot more inclusive and a lot more respectful of uh, different types of people. So I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. But when I listen to that, I also can understand, like I did when I was 15 and what I do now as a grown-ass man, that this is, it's really tongue-in-cheek. He's doing it on purpose. It's a persona that he's putting on for shock value. I think the reason why this album was super successful at the time, he w- I mean, he was a super talented provocateur in a genre of music in which the way he looks makes him a novelty. On this album, he took everything he was criticized for and basically tripled down on them with extraordinary rhyme skills. Each song doesn't sound like the previous song on the album. So it's a very diverse song styles. Production from Dr. Dre helps. The controversy fueled the public's interest, especially because, I mean, he's a white dude rapping and um, you never heard a guy like that being angry and talking about, uh, you know, killing his wife and his mother. And finally, the pop music at, scene at the time was just saturated with bubblegum pop and the flash of the bling bling shiny suit era in hip hop. And Eminem arguably had one foot in the pop realm and another foot in the world of hip hop and stood in the middle and gave everybody the mingle, middle finger while doing it. So here's the thing. I think you need people like Eminem. I think you need artists like Eminem because we're 20 years on and we can still look and discuss it as a piece of art. Yeah, it might be dated. It might be problematic. And I hate that that's a thing anyway, because I think you should judge the artist on the time period it came out and the impact it made. And there's a reason no one gives a shit about Dilated Peoples. And there's a reason you said you wouldn't put it on at a party. I think you, if you're at any bar, 
and you put on Without Me or The Real Slim Shady, it could be the most, like, hyper, woke, social justice warrior, whatever, they'll still rap along. Mm. Even if their lyrics are problematic and they're awful, they'll still rap along because they can appreciate what it is as a work of art and as a work of almost satire of society in the early part of the 21st century. There are not many artists that break the mold the way that he did to the point where he was talked about being banned from Australia and Canada. Like, he couldn't even visit the country or sell his music there. That is... Can you even imagine that happening today in the age of fake news, censorship, all that stuff? That is such a mark of honour towards him as an artist and really proves how influential he was. You can find him disgusting. You can find him unattractive. You can find the things he talks about to be ugly, but that is exactly what he is going for. Dilated Peoples, as I said, they have been proven right by doing this sort of tepid, more woke shit, real hip-hop shit, but there's a reason they never became popular. It's because despite some very good beats, despite some very good rapping, they had nothing of real note to say to society then or or today, and it didn't appeal to me. Mm. Uh, Pedro, you know what we got to do. Let's pick a song from each album. Yes. What should we start off first? I'll do Dilated first because, just to get it out of the way... Um, I'll do Expanding Man. Um, um, I just think, as you just said, they don't really have much to say, but I just thought one rhyme that Iris Science said in that song where he goes, now I've forgotten all the drugs that Bush brought in. It's funny how it's maybe his stash his son got in. Man, Uncle Sam facilitated the plan. Got me dealing milligrams and grams and kilograms. Out of the whole album, man, I listened to it twice this week. That was the one rhyme that stuck out, stood out to me and the whole album. So I'm going to choose that song because I was like, okay, that was fine. <laughs> In regards to the Marshall Mathers LP, uh, this is a tough one because I there's a lot of good ones. And it's just kind of like, should I do Dark or something like that? But... What I'm going to do is I, I'm going to choose, and I know people have heard it a million fucking times, but I'm going to choose The Real Slim Shady. And I'm going to choose that because I think it's very indicative of the album and the time. It touches on all those things. It touches on the controversy. He, he references how feminist women criticize him, but they love him, how he's super what is, what is the lyric? Fem, feminist I mean, women love him. him. <laughs> Check a slim shitty. I'm sick of him. Look at him walking around. I can go on and on. Um, <laughs> nice. Now, so it's all those things, and it's a hell of a catchy pop tune, and it's uh, it's an earworm. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll choose that. And it's the, it's the, the lightest song on the album. Um, so we're just saying something. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. So um, I highly suggest people should listen to that song and listen to the whole album. I'd go with Kill You just because it's like right out of the bat. He is coming. He has not backed down one iota and he is being his character fully to the fullest extent. Uh, and it was just it was just a great way to start the album. And for Dilated Peoples, I'm going to go with No Retreat because I really like Be Real uh, from Cypress Hill. And I think he really makes that song and elevates them a little bit more. You know, um, while we were just talking, I did look up the real world San Francisco that you yeah. mentioned a little yeah. bit earlier in the episode. So there was an, you know, there was a character called Pedro on there, as yes. you mentioned, and there's also a character called Judd on there. Oh, really? Well, are you on fucking that cast? kidding me? Yeah, there's a Pedro and a Judd. Yeah, yeah, Isn't I remember that now. Fucking he's, wild. He's uh, like black hair and uh, he's clean shaven and stuff. Holy fuck! What does that mean? Uh, maybe we're reincarnated. I, I don't know. I hope I don't have to get t- tested for AIDS. <laughs> on that lovely note, Pedro. <laughs> we'll see everyone next week. Thanks see you. Bye, guys. Thanks bye. for listening.